Down to Business on News Talk. Brought to you by FBD Insurance. Business insurance tailored to you. Visit fbd.ie today. So we want it faster, we want it now. In this week's industry review, we're looking at the world of the convenience store and how much they've changed in recent years from being a place that you got a tin of beans to now almost being restaurants in their makeup. I'm delighted to be joined by four veterans of the business, all of whom are known well to me. Michael O'Driscoll, who operates two spars on Talbot Street in Dublin. John Walsh runs a central shop in the heart of Drogheda. Seamus Griffin runs 14 Londa shops throughout Dublin. And David Power owns a number of Spar, Londis and some independent convenience shops. Gentlemen, you're all very welcome to the show. And before we start, any of you got any texts around convenience stores, what you'd like to know, what you don't know, 53106, we've four experts here who will help you out on any questions. Michael O'Driscoll, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about the business of operating a, a convenience store, Michael. What's it actually like? Just describe the business, if you would, for our listeners. Well, I'm in Talbot Street 20 years, so obviously I've seen huge changes in that time. Um, and uh, you know, the convenience has changed completely in terms of what it was 20 years ago. Um, when we started off there, there was very few shops on that street at that time. Um, and now um, we went through the recession, which was a very, very difficult time for retailers. And, um, you know, I nearly didn't make it during that time. And Bob was being part of a spa, being part of a brand. I survived the recession and now that we've come through that and we're in a new period, the change now in retail is phenomenal in terms of where it's going now, in okay. terms of what we need to, to move with the times. Um, as you said there earlier, um, you know, it's all about food. You know, I have a barista insomnia in one of my stores, which I wouldn't have had. You know, eight, nine years ago. Except I broke down the door trying to get it in all those years ago. <laughs> you did, yes, yes. <laughs> but we're um, all very happy with that. And again, yeah. even on that point, Michael, that sort of transition, I suppose, to maybe higher margin things, because as we know, things like cigarettes, newspapers, all low margin, yes. but to be able to sell coffee and uh, delis where you yes. can get the margins up into the, Absolutely. you know, the 50 pluses, um, that, that makes a significant difference to the, to the retail mix. But of there the was business. a new challenge, obviously, for a retailer, because I was used, as you said, selling, you know, peas and beans, where you just have to get in, put them on the shelf and go. But once we took in, you know, the barista concept, you had a new challenge in terms of the, you know, the service you had to offer. Customers used to coming in every day, getting the same coffee every day. They want a, a certain standard. So, you know, we had to learn that as a retailer. We had to understand what we were doing. And um, that was a big challenge for me okay. in the beginning. Let's talk to John Walsh. John, you're operating Centra in, in Drogheda, just right beside the hospital there. Tell us a little bit about your business. It's probably slightly different in terms of its location um, because it's a, it's in primarily, would I say, the hospital and a, a kind of a neighbourhood as well, a big big neighbourhood community. Yeah, absolutely, Bob. Yeah, it's probably different to Michael's. They were uh, very community-based. Um, when we went there again, we're there 30 years now. Trish and myself come back from New York 30 years ago and set up there. Um, it's changed dramatically in that 30 years and I'd say it's going to change just as much in the next three or four years as it did in the last 30 years. And Why do you say that, John? Why do you say that? What's well, going to change? Start, uh, well, I, I'd say uh, so. a lot of the changes hopefully will be positive changes. The biggest changes we expect would be, uh, sorry, the biggest changes we, we expect would be um, in replacing uh, a lot of the food we sell now, basically taking chemicals out of food and replacing them with, with um, 
well, I suppose up to now we were always trying to do great tasting food and now we're trying to do great food that's great tasting. And the difference is that is we're trying to sell food with absolutely nothing in it. Um, so in replacing chemicals with, with like citrus and natural herbs and ginger and garlic. And we're a long way down that road at the moment. We sell a huge amount of um, just simple food. Yeah. And uh, the funny thing about it is simple food is actually an awful lot cheaper than, uh, highly, than, processed. Com- than highly processed food. Mm. Like we'd cook uh, beef and turkey and hams every morning and that uh, it's, a, it's a lot cheaper to sell that than to sell the processed food. Um, you're big, you're, you're yeah, employing the, 60 people at that location, John. Sure, it, it's, yeah. a, it's a very, very busy shop. And again, uh, just just the success of it. What do you put that down to? Obviously, the people again. Uh, the biggest, uh, I mean, in the last 30 years, we've gone through everything. We've gone through fires, floods, robberies, uh, all forms of all forms of uh, fun and amusement. Um, and the biggest one then was probably January 2009 when we uh, fell off a cliff. I suppose in, in, in Drogheda in particular, the, the, they were expecting the population to increase up to 75 or 80,000 about 12 years ago. So all the supermarkets rushed in yeah. and we had about uh, 12 or 13 uh, new uh, convenience and big supermarkets, all more or less in the same few years. And then the recession came, of course. And the challenge of the recession was uh, obviously the fact that we were local and uh, a lot of the staff were there 30 years, 20 years, 25 years, 15 years. So we kind of had to stick together. And we start producing an awful lot more stuff. Right. So like a, like a lot of these things, a, a benefit comes out of the, the catastrophe. Uh, OK, uh, let's bring in Seamus Griffin. Seamus, again, another veteran of the business, 14 Landis shops throughout Dublin. Tell us a little bit about your business. And again, you've got 13 subways, you've a number of chopped, you've got your own brand of donuts. So you've really changed with the times, Seamus. Yeah, um, we started off in O'Connell Street in 88, late 88, 89. So a long time in the city centre, branched out. Uh, so we've 14 stores, as you said, uh, Londa stores, branded. Um, very difficult trading um, over the years with different challenges. Yeah. Um, you know, it, obviously you can sort of see the city centre. There, there's a lot of antisocial behaviour, which is a, is a big threat to the business. Insurance is Yeah. Is like I, I often think about, and I know you ran the first 24-hour uh, convenience store in O'Connell Street, but the management of that must be absolutely daunting, is it not? It is, but it, it's it's it has its challenges. Yeah, it's actually not too bad. Right. You know, we will always have cross-ons first thing in the morning at six o'clock when the first bus comes in. So you know, getting staff in at that hour could be quite difficult. Um, we're there. We've we've got the service. You know, it, it probably doesn't pay three or four days of the week, but the rest of the days it does pay. Mm. Um, so yeah, like we we were the first twenty four hour store back back in ninety seven, probably the first with off licenses in in the city centre, uh, the first with Subway within the stores. So there's a lot of firsts there, but we're we're always changing to the demands of the customers. What about the off license arm of the business, Seamus? Where is that at the moment, or has that has that survived and thrived? Well, huge competition. Obviously, mm. there's more off licenses everywhere as an off license at this stage, like uh, petrol stations everywhere. Yeah. Um. So and there's a very competitive pricing in place, which I know is obviously going to come down the tracks with minimum pricing, etc. But um, yeah, no, it's it, it's not as good as it was. Um, and I think with the legislation coming down or the potential legislation coming down the tracks is going to make it very difficult for trading in this in convenience stores. OK, that's where you have to have these uh, wall, like yeah, the physical walls separating them. And, uh, yeah. Separation and depending on the size of the store and 
where it's located, etc. Yeah. So okay, so that'll be challenging. But just just before we bring in David Power, the the move to the subways, the donuts, the chopped. In other words, the store within a store that seems to have revolutionised the sector. It has, yeah. Like I, as I said, back in probably two thousand and eight, we brought Subway into our stores. Uh, we've thirteen of them now, uh, pretty much in all the stores, and it's it's been a great part and a great add on to the business. You know, people don't want to eat. Uh, say sandwiches from the deli seven days a week they and need variety and I suppose that's what we're trying to bring in is that uh, I always found that amazing that if you put a subway into a store that it didn't actually compete with the deli that it brought new customers uh, but and, and you're living proof of that well, it, it does compete with the deli, but as I said, you, you're probably not going to eat the deli seven days yeah. a week. So, you know, you've got it's to try get as many uh, repeat customs for that customer over that period. David, sorry it took so long to get to you. David Power, you're very welcome to the programme. Uh, an operator of, of several convenience stores, Landis, Spar, some independents evenly. Even, uh, tell us about your business, David. Well, we've a very mixed bag. We'd be we'd have stores in shopping centres, high streets, um, suburban areas. And the convenience, it's totally different. City centre, as we discussed, is absolutely totally different to suburban. I mean, in the suburban area, you're nearly like a mini food court. Okay. You have tables, chairs, you'd have your subway, you'd have your deli, you'd have your chopped. Um, you'd have very, like, I mean, in the years we're there, we have gone from probably half the store to being tins of beans, as you say, tea bags, coffee, nappies to basically about 5% of the store. It's literally there and it's diminishing the whole time. It's all about good quality coffee, good quality food, keenly priced. And from our point of view, it's all about basically getting a decent margin from it. And and, and in terms of, of the skill set required to, to make that change from uh, tins of beans and nappies to being, uh, I suppose, a premium food operator, the skill set required there, did you, did you find that challenging? Absolutely. I mean... We were constantly moving towards uh, health hygiene. HACCP is a very important part of the food business. I mean, you can't get a staff member in now, drag them off the street and throw them behind a counter. Regulations are extremely difficult and challenging in this country for, for obvious reasons um, when you're dealing with food and you're dealing with health. And we're nearly at full employment now, so it's becoming even more challenging. It's, uh, it's one of the most biggest worrying things we have yeah. in opening a new store is how you're staffing it and who you're staffing it with. And 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 I I know all of all four of you have mentioned that being one of the the huge challenges. Like, wh- why? What do you need to do, John Walsh, to to attract people to work in the, in the sector? Like, wh- how do you make it? Like, how do you make it more attractive for people to want to work there? Um, well, I think at the moment the only the biggest problem at the moment is uh, the housing crisis, mm. which is uh, we haven't had a problem in a long, long, long time now. So, uh, the in other house, words, that people can't afford to live near where they work. Well, there's always always a mix. If it mix, if we had uh, say sixty people, there's always fifteen or sixteen of them who would come from uh, other European countries. Mm. At the moment, in the last nine months, we haven't had anybody come in. Whereas always before, there was somebody looking for that, and you, you kind of need those people as well. You need people uh, midweek and uh, Monday to Friday. Um, it's kind of critical for us. So, uh, I suppose the only the only thing to do is like any problem is find a solution to it and and. Um, engage with other landlords and try it and uh, sometimes you might uh, we're doing at the moment to, to kind of guarantee a rent and guarantee a very good client to, and try and get a discount and get a reasonable rent so you're effectively and housing people or, or well, supporting them to get well, housing ha- helping along to make sure that it works for them right the challenge now is to get that message out of course because like with social media i presume in all those countries all they hear is is the headline that's two thousand a month for rent and you can't you can't get a place 
So it's to get that message out now that it is doable, it's doable, especially probably in a place like Drogheda where transport isn't an issue, um, accommodation is, is less, the wages are the same. So uh, like it is doable, it's just to get the message okay. out. But that is the big challenge. Can I read a couple of texts because there's loads of them coming in. The first one you'll love. Bobby, your guests keep talking about the challenges and recessions, but they must be making lots of money if they're keeping at it for so long. That's from Jack. Uh, Seamus Griffin is the king of convenience. Best retailer in Dublin, says Ted in Sandyford. I don't know how much you paid, Ted said. Seamus, but that's what he I said. Know, uh, thank you, Ted. <laughs> and uh, also, Bobby, that chap from Centra is bang on. I'm on the road for more years than I care to remember. I've eaten all that makes of sandwiches, but you can't beat the old ham sandwich. That's from Billy. Uh, Michael, just in terms, you mentioned it earlier about, about the changing customer and the needs of the customer. What about the change in operating hours? Um, if you look back over the years, um, the, the hours have gone longer and longer. Uh, the management of the shop must be, again, challenging uh, to, to manage so many hours opening in, in a day. Absolutely. Uh, but you have to change to suit the business that's there. So obviously the mornings now, you know, people come into, into town earlier, people who work in, in, in town. So we would, we would have the shop open at half six. We'd have the deli and the coffee people would be in at six in the morning. We'd have everything ready. And, and then you have the first people coming in, you know, off the dart for me coming up, up Talbot Street. And, you know, that's all part of the day. Then the evening, obviously, we would have people going home in the evening. Um, and then we have a lunchtime trade. So you have to gear up for all of those three different areas because that's where our business is. Um, and you have to have staff properly trained, you know, uh, as Ger said, um, you know, in terms of, of looking after that business and being professional and knowing what they're doing. Um, so it is a challenge in terms of you're saying about staff, you know, but the important thing is you have to look after your staff. That, yeah. is, that is the key. And, and you know, with, with, with some of the sort of antisocial behaviour that happens in the city centre where you're up yes. and close and central to, um, like, it's that's where maybe staff maybe can feel sometimes uncomfortable if they're dealing with security issues and all that on, on an ongoing basis. That's a reason that staff leave, is it not, Michael? It is, yeah. But yeah. having said that, you know, when you're around a long time, not staff with me many years, we know them all. Yeah. That's the reality. And they know us. So... You know, when you're there a long time, you know, th- those undesirable people don't come into the store because they know they're not allowed in, number one. And and we just have a very strict way of dealing with them. That we, you know, and, and the guards are very good now. They were, you know, there was a time when we were, I was very unhappy with, with, with the guard presence. But now we have a presence on the street because I had a couple of instances there recently where I chased somebody down the road who had robbed stuff out of the shop. And the next thing was the guard met him coming up the street and grabbed him. And like, I haven't seen that ever before. Wow. And that was... But that was a great peace of mind, you know, for, for the store. And they come in every day and, you know, they make sure we're OK now. So they're out patrolling around my area, okay, which is fantastic. Seamus, is there a certain fashion around food in, in, in convenience stores? You know, we've seen maybe juice bars sort of come and go. There's Mexican, there's donuts now that you're heavily involved in. Is there is there sort of fads and trends that you have to kind of follow? I think there'll always be fads and trends within the food industry, but I, I, it's to evolve with them and change as they change. And it's no different to the donuts are certainly on trend at the moment. Um, what's next coming? Probably cookies. 
you know, but it's it's how you evolve the donuts and just to make sure that you keep them, keep in tune what the customer wants yeah. and what the demands are. And, and the, the, the demand for donuts is kind of surprising if you because if you looked at it on a textbook basis, you'd say, here's something that maybe isn't particularly healthy. It's uh, it, and, and yet it seems to be they seem to be opening all over the place. Yeah, there's a lot of them opening and um, some of them have closed down as well. Um, and I suppose from our point of view, it sits nicely with the brands that yeah. we have because we have the deli and we obviously have the coffee with barista coffee with insomnia um, and we have chopped so if you want healthy food we've got healthy food we've got subway which is also healthy and um, but very competitively priced and then if you want to get your treat on the way out we've got donuts so the trick is to have options and and to really to appeal to as wide as broad uh, an audience as, as possible as audience yeah. as possible yeah. yeah, yeah, and it and it does work. And we've recently introduced Peking into one of the stores in Westmoreland Street now, so that's sort of Asian street food. So it's another it's another branch off. And could you ever see a day, Seamus, that you wouldn't be selling things like newspapers? I know Michael O'Driscoll doesn't stock nappies anymore. Like, is it is it is it? Well, do you know, in a lot of stores now, we've we've you know reduced our magazine selection down to very very small, maybe the top ten. Newspapers are in serious decline, probably six. Dave might be better to answer, answer this one, but six to eight percent in decline year on year. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know, the la- albeit I sell newspapers, but if I was out like and I wasn't working, I don't know the last time I bought a newspaper. Everything is online. I'm reading online the whole time. So, yeah. you know, I still like a newspaper, David Power. I don't know. Do you sell many of them? Well, our busiest store for newspapers would have been Connolly Station. Right. And I'd say in the last five years, they've probably halved. Right. The magazine business is probably down by about 30%, but has stopped declining this year. It's probably same on last year. But certainly the days of getting the Thousand Irish Times in on a Saturday, they've literally halved. And, and what do you replace that shelf space with? Is that well, the creep of the The whole idea is it's, yeah. it's, it's your donuts. It's yeah. your, I mean, we've all gone very healthy and even our soft drinks we're drinking now. We've more things like Vit Hits, flavoured waters. Uh, so you probably that's what you're replacing with. You're looking for substitute high margin products. But uh, yes, I absolutely see certain stores which will never sell newspapers again. Right. Um, if you look at a lot of the convenience stores in Dublin City, they don't sell magazines. There's some of them that actually don't sell them. And I'd say newspapers are going that way too. Um, another text in, uh, do any of your guests have a solution to litter? All these shops with coffee and food result in litter on the streets. And as far as I can see in my neighbourhood, the cups, usually non-recyclable, are dropped away from the shops uh, uh, after they're finished. Some with food wrappers. The litter is a real problem. Any suggested solutions from your retailers? Well, that is going to be the biggest challenge, I'd say, in the next two years. And it's uh, with Centre at the moment, it's all the talk in Centre. Of course, the coffee cups now, the uh, the coffee cups are, are uh, compostable. compostable now. Mm. Um, so that's helping the fruit and vegetable bags we have are, are biodegradable as well and compostable. Um, but we have a huge way to go. I mean, this really only started about 10 years ago when we used to sell fruit and veg before. Um, granted, we use small plastic bags, but now everything started to come in plastic in the last... Um, probably in the last 10 years, really. So now we need to reverse that rapidly uh, out of that again and, and, and go back to compostable and, and uh, degradable and, and ideally then reusable as much as, as possible. And, the, and the, but the only thing, uh, the only other thing that we do, we have a simple policy outside the door. We go up four or five times a day. 
way up to the left and way across the road and sweep pick it, it up and pick it up. We just we, and when the summer mornings come, we we maybe do it ten times a day. Yeah. It's just part Isn't of the life. You, you can only go so far. Yeah. Not that bad, really. It's, uh, maybe in the summertime. A bit. But it's interesting you say it, John, because it's that that this is kind of consumer driven. Like it's not being driven by the by the by the marketplace. It's it's the consumer saying, I really don't want that extra piece of plastic, or I don't want to buy four apples that have. You know, sure. two two plastic containers, and then I have to put them into a bag. So yeah, the options are there always, of course, because we always have the the loose uh, the, the loose stuff is always there as well. That option is always <laughs> there. It's for us to really uh, provide solutions to people. It's the same with the the coffee. It's the same as when we start uh, changing this, the 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 salad containers and the salvage containers. It's for us to provide the solution really, and then mm. people yeah. people will uh, embrace it. Then you know. I mean, you feel it when you go home yourself, you go home to make dinner and you've been full of plastic all of a sudden, which wasn't there 10 years ago. So I know all the talk in centre at the moment. It's just reversing out of there rapidly uh, as quickly as possible. You know, Michael, what about the uh, the importance of the brand over the door, the, 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 the support from Spars, your brand? Uh, how, how like we don't tend to see Mary and Joe's convenience store so much anymore that everybody is with one badge or the other. John's with Centra, you're with Spar. Uh, just the, the the thinking behind that and what what does that do for your business? Well, obviously for me, Spar is a name. It's a European name as well. It's not just an Irish name. So. You know, if you have tourists coming in, which we have in city centre, it's a huge business for us. And tourists during the summer months, you know, they all have spa in their countries. And, you know, it's the first thing they see when they come over. So, that's so they're huge, familiar with the brand. That's a huge bonus for us. You know, that when they arrive in Dublin, they see a spa, they go into a spa. So it gives us a complete advantage over an independent in that way. And also during the recession, obviously, you know, spa was there to protected us, you know, in, in that time. And, you know, otherwise I don't think I would have survived in terms of that recession was so difficult. And, you know, Spar helped me to get through that recession. And then, obviously, the marketing that Spar has, you know, and they're also looking at new and concepts the all the time. Yeah, the concepts. So they're moving forward and they're giving us new concepts. They're helping us to develop and they're out there finding those concepts for us. So, you know, that okay. brand works really well for us. Seamus, can I ask you about um, when we look at the pub, we look at the shop, we look at the restaurants and we almost see a convergence uh, of, of, of everybody maybe for going for the same share of throat, as they call it. Where do you see the convenience store, particularly the city centre ones? Where do you see them going, uh, you know, next in, in terms of their evolution? Well, certainly it's it's food. Yeah, you know, and we are obviously in that space, and it's it's, I suppose, the evolution of the of what's going to come next. And um, but you're right, like if you, it's not even so much pubs as we look at coffee shops. Yeah. The amount of coffee shops you look like, you know, there's Starbucks, there's Nero's, there's everybody, there's Insomnia, um, and they're 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 opening on every corner, but they're all just gnawing away at the business at they're all serving food as well as coffee. Yeah. So that and uh, that is even having an effect on if you uh, on some of the pubs, I think, because the tr- it's, it seems to be trending now that it's more sort of fashionable to go for a cup of coffee than go for a pint. But isn't it interesting as well that and again, I from my own days in, in, in the business that, you know, the property play, whether you, you may not be in the property business, but what rent you pay and if you're paying a like a smaller rent out in a suburb and a very high rent on O'Connell Street, for instance, you can make three times the money in a place that all, albeit a quieter shop because of the rent factor. So the, the, the property prices and if 
if there's a property comes available on O'Connell Street, I can tell you Insomnia, Nero, Starbucks, they'll all be lining up and the landlord just says, well, who's paying the most here, lad? So it's a supply and demand thing. So, But property is, it's an important part of the mix, is it not? It is. It's very, yeah, but, and you will get certain brands that can afford to pay more than others. Um, Rates are huge as well. Um, You know, in some cases, service charges, whether they be in shopping centres, but insurance is huge, Mm. you know, and it's, you can get penalised on insurance if you just have one bad claim. And like I've seen insurance costs spiral, you know, over the last 10 years, like the multiple of four or five in some yeah. cases, it makes it very difficult to trade. Yeah. Um, and I know we talked about staff, but staff is it's very difficult. Last word to you, David Power. Um, where do you see the business going over the next five, ten years? I, t- I totally agree with Seamus. It's it's just going to go down. The day of going into a local convenience store in a Dublin city centre, buying a tin of beans and a thing of nappies are just gone. Um, there's not enough profit in it for the for the retailer. As you say, rents, the biggest overhead we have is rents. Rents are continuing to soar. Um, we've only two overheads, which is property costs and staff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be high margin food, good quality, people eating on the go and just becoming healthier. And that's the whole idea having a brand over your door they're doing the research and development for you as to what's happening next okay and that's well look it's a fascinating business it's one I thoroughly enjoyed the discussion I'd like to thank my guests as I say all of whom are known to me uh, Michael O'Driscoll from Spar in Talbot Street John Walsh from Centra in Drogheda Seamus Griffin from Londres throughout the city centre and David Power from Spar in Londres thank you all very much for joining us up next some scary statistics about online shopping stay tuned